good morning everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, my mom if you're watching, our moms if you're watching. Um, so anyway, uh, God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day. Um, it's uh, kind of sad in a sense. I have Mother's Day not to be able to see all the moms. But uh, anyway, uh, happy Mother's Day to you. Um, but with that note, and I forgot to make this announcement last week, I didn't even think about it until the day. Uh, because of Mother's Day, we usually always don't have Bible study in the evening because of Mother's Day. But, and we're going to actually honor that this week. This week, So we're not going to have Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock. We're just going to take a break tonight. We'll be back next week uh, with that. So hopefully I'm not disappointing anybody with that. But uh, I just thought I would honor that. Because uh, I don't know how many people want to spend time with their moms. If they can spend time with their moms. Anyway, so we're just going to honor that. So anyway, God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, but anyway, that's the only real announcement I have to make uh, right now. We still have our Bible classes on online. That's slowed down quite a bit. Uh, Lighthousedistribution.org. But anyway, so we'll, we'll have service this morning. Then we're going to take a break until we'll be back next week. So I know it's going to be a long week with that. But uh, hey, here we are. We'll be fine. So anyway, okay. Well, uh, this morning we're going to part three, and this will actually be the conclusion of our series on the Spirit of Joy. Small series. Not going to start new. Uh, teaching next week, I don't know, it'll be just one Sunday or multiple Sundays on uh, holy dissatisfaction, and so I'm going to talk about that, and then I want to get some other teachings too, but this is all I have <coughs> on joy right now, there's a lot to talk about joy, but uh, uh, I think I've got my major points out with these three messages, and so at least what's on my heart to, to speak. So. Uh, we're going to talk about the spirit of joy, so go ahead and show me in your Bibles, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 12. <clears throat> in some ways, this has been kind of my theme verse that has actually really uh, inspired this entire uh, series on the spirit of joy. Sorry about that. We'll go pick up this morning. So, anyway, I'm just going to keep going forward. Sorry about that. Didn't know uh, I was going to have challenges with the, uh, the words. Anyway, so Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, and that's where we'll kick it off this morning. Therefore, with, the jo with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Joy is an instrument, if I can even use it that way, a vessel, a, a resource, a tool by which we can draw, draw from the wells of salvation. How many of you know that we have a great, great salvation. In that salvation, the word so, uh, uh, Yeshua in the, here in the Hebrew, 
but also the, the, the word soteria in the, in the Greek means wholeness. It means healing. It means prosperity or provision. <coughs> it means uh, deliverance. It's an all-inclusive word. We have a great, great salvation. And with joy, it's joy is how we draw from the, this well of salvation. I don't know about you, but just that analogy, just that concept, uh, knowing that joy is a vessel, <coughs> a tool by which we can draw from the wells of salvation. See, joy for the believer does not come from the outside. It does not come from our outward circumstances. Joy for the believer comes from the inside. And we talked about this especially in our first week. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is comes from our relationship with God and our relationship with the Word of God. Joy comes from the presence of God. And with joy, we draw from the wells of salvation. When we become born again, we have Jesus living on the inside of us. <coughs> when we become filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling. We've been bought with a price, and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. As we have a relationship with God, as we abide in Him and He abides in us, Jesus says, I've shared these things with you so that your joy may be complete. And with joy, we draw from the wells of salvation. We talked about last week how joy is an attitude. Go with me real quick to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Whom have we not seen you love? Love. You, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. <coughs> Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I want to, you know, with this joy, and joy, we talked about, again, let me just say this again. Last week we talked about how joy is an attitude of faith. In other words, if you are believing God, you should be operating in joy. If you are truly relying and trusting and believing God, believing His Word, believing as out of relationship with God, because as you're in the pre His presence, there's fullness of joy. As you're in His Word, there's joy. As you're having a relationship with God, there's joy. As you're abiding in Him and He's abiding in you, <coughs> the fruit of the Spirit is joy. As you're walking with Him, as you're walking in the Spirit, there's joy. It's not based on the outward circumstances. It's based on Jesus. It's based on the Spirit of God. And if you're believing God, if you are in relationship with God, and if you are born again, we should... Folks, church, as believers... We should be the happiest people on this planet because we have Jesus. We have the spirit of joy. And with joy, we can draw from the wells of salvation. There's a well, and it's an, it, it, it never dries up. It never comes empty. And so with joy, we draw from the wells of salvation. You know, we talked the uh, last few weeks, again, about uh, joy. But today I want to talk about how, how to walk in joy. How do we walk in this joy? We understand that joy is the wells, for joy we can draw from the wells of salvation. We understand that joy is the fruit of the Spirit. We understand that we need to have an attitude of joy. 
but how do we do this? How do we walk? Before and before I totally get there, <coughs> go with me. <coughs> Excuse me, real quick. The Proverbs fifteen fifteen. Proverbs fifteen fifteen. Proverbs 15, 15, it says, And all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. He who has a merry heart has a continual feast. We can be feasting, and we can be drawing from the wells of salvation on a continual basis. Jesus said, I mean, the psalm says it this way, that he spreads a table for us in the presence of our enemies. No matter what we're going through, no matter what is happening in our world, in society, even with the coronavirus and quarantine and, and all the, 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 the side effects of this uh, whole, uh, what I want to call even hoax, <laughs> but it just, I'm not going to get political right now. It just, um, you know, we can have a merry heart that's not dependent on, it's not, it's not conditioned by the outward circumstances, we can have a merry heart because we are born of God. We are born of His Spirit. We the presence of God is in us. The presence of God is here. We're abiding in Him and He's abiding in us. And we have the Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> and we can have a merry heart. And if we have a merry heart, we can have a continual feast. How many love feasting? Some of us are going to be feasting today for Mother's Day. But, you know, I, we, like, we like sometimes just to have a snack, but sometimes we like to have a, a feast. And it's, we can have a continual feast if we have this merry heart. Yes, we live in a negative world where there's envy and strife and every evil work, according to James 3.16. And the I believe the devil's ploy is to destroy us. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy, including our joy, including this feast, including the, 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 the vessel by which we can draw from the wells of salvation. If he can kill your joy, he can kill your uh, uh, ability to draw from the wells of salvation. That makes sense? You see, you, see, a plus, I, you know, I didn't learn a lot in, in geometry, but I learned A plus B equals C. I don't even know if that's geometry or algebra. That's how bad I don't even know if I know it. We, but we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our minds. Proverbs says, guard your hearts without diligence because out of it, those issues of life. But we need to guard our hearts from being negative ourselves. We live in a negative world, but we don't need to be negative ourselves. I believe we need to counter all the negative info that we receive with positive truths of God's Word. We give negative information all day long, depending on what our diet is. But we need to counter those ne that negative information with the truth of God's Word. We need to counter all negative emphases with magnifying and glorifying God, despite what's going on. So how do we walk in joy? I'm going to cover three things, and they're going to be kind of interchangeable as we go through. I'm not going to necessarily uh, just uh, hit all three of these uh, uh, individually. <coughs> but there will be a... <coughs> <coughs> a thread of this throughout the, my entire message. I believe, how do we walk in joy? I have three points, and again, they're going to be interchangeable as we go forward. First of all, we have to make a choice. We have to choose to rejoice. 
We're going to use uh, multiple scriptures to, to discuss that. But we need to make a choice. I am going to be joyful. I am going to rejoice. Second, we need to keep our hope in Jesus. In other words, we need to keep our focus on Him. We need to keep our hope in Jesus. We need to make a choice, and we need to keep our, our hope in Jesus. Jesus is our living hope. And third, we need to keep ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to keep ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to make a choice to rejoice. We need to keep our hope in Jesus. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. And this is where we'll have the majority of our text this morning on this subject. Philippians chapter 4. And we'll start with verse 4. And here at the conclusion of this book to, to Philippi, Paul, who's actually in prison when he's writing this book, just cuts to the chase. And he says, and he exclaims actually, Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord on the weekends. Rejoice in the Lord on Mother's Day. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Rejoice always. We ought to be rejoicing 100% of the time. There's not a, we don't clock in and we don't clock out. In the sense of, uh, maybe I just said, maybe I should rephrase that. We don't clock out of rejoicing. We rejoice always. All the time. We are to be rejoicing. And Paul's joy, and Paul's joy was not circumstantial. He penned these words while he was in prison. That's when he said these words. We can rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what the outward circumstances are. But if we're going to walk in joy, we have to make a choice to rejoice. Verse 5, but I want to toggle real quick to the, the, the King James just for this particular verse. Verse 5 says this, Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. I want to spend a lot of time just even with this verse, but I want to make mention of this. There's something about this moderation, whatever this moderation is, that, but Paul says it's to, it's to be known by all men. We, church, how many know that we are the let our light shine all the time? Jesus talks about this in, in Matthew chapter 5, but we're not the, 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 our light is not to be under a bushel. No, our light is to be on the candlestick. Our light is to be on the hill. We are the light of the world. We're, our moderation needs to be known to all men all the time. In other words, those who are only holy at church are Pharisees. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 23. If we can only be godly to those who are church, if we can only be godly to those who are, uh, 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 are like-minded, but, but we need to be, how many know we need to be godly to those in the world? We need to be godly to those who hate us and despise us and, 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 and mistreat us. Our light is not to be put under a bushel, but on a candlestick where it can give light to the whole house. And it's not dependent on how people treat us. It's not dependent on the circumstances. Our moderation needs to be known unto all men. The New King James uses the word gentleness. I like that. 
I don't mean to switch it from moderation, but, uh, but our gentleness. We need to be gentle with everybody. We need to be kind. We need to be joyful. We need the fruit of the Spirit to be evident to all people. You know, it's hard to be mean to people when you're rejoicing. When you have an attitude of joy, it's hard not to be gentle. You want to be kind to people? You want to be gentle to people? Learn how to rejoice. Switch the gears. Get into uh, an attitude of joy. And I believe you will draw from the wealth of salvation, which includes of how we live and how we treat and how we're godly and wholesome around other people in the spirit of gentleness. How many of you know we talk a lot about joy, patience, and peace and whatnot, but gentleness is also the fruit of the Spirit. Is it not? Aren't we supposed to be gentle? Isn't gentleness also the fruit of the Spirit? Aren't we supposed to be gentle with everybody? This behavior is supposed to be so dominant in our lives that it's visible to others. You know, we need to, again, we need to, to, to make a choice to rejoice, but we also need to keep our hope in Jesus. And I'm going to be expanding that as we go forward. We need to keep our hope in Jesus. Jesus is our living hope. We have a hope in Jesus, hope that goes beyond the grave. It goes beyond the grave. Our confidence needs to be kept in Jesus. If we are born again, we have something to rejoice about. Because our hope is in Jesus. And back to the New King James, but in verse 6 it says, Be anxious for nothing. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, be anxious for... Be, be anxious for some things. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We should not be worried. We should not be anxious <coughs> about anything. We talked about this in weeks past, but Jesus said in Matthew 6, chapter 6, Give no thought and uh, thinking. What shall we eat? What shall we wear? Etc. There's some things we shouldn't be thinking about. There's some things that we should not be worried about. Because we have a Heavenly Father who knows what we need. We can choose not to worry. We can choose to keep our focus, to keep our hope in Jesus. And not be anxious. Yes, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the answer comes, it's like a tree of life. And I know that the times where it seems like hope is deferred, but we keep our hope not in the thing that we're asking for, but in Jesus. We have to keep our focus on Him. He is faithful. In everything we need, we in, in everything we need. And we have a lot of different things that we need. And some things are more important than others and other people. But there's things that we need. Sometimes we just need a hug. Sometimes we just need love. Sometimes we just need space. Sometimes we just need whatever the case may be. There's things that we need. But everything we need, we need to pray about it. We need to ask God about it. And we need to be thankful. There's three things he says. And everything, everything, not just some things, not just the things that other people want you to have, not just other, and everything, instead of being anxious about it, instead of worrying.
praying and fretting about it. We need to pray about it. We need to ask God about it. And we need to be thankful. Everything. When, in, in the Greek, the word everything means everything. <laughs> everything. Even those prayer requests no one even knows but you and God. A thankful person, I believe, is a happy person. A thankful person is a joyful person. I believe I could have added this to my list of how do we walk in joy. Be thankful. Choose to be thankful. Choose to rejoice. Choose to be thankful. As you're praying, as you're asking God, be thankful. Stop looking at the negative. <coughs> Instead, look at the positive. Operate on a different level. In a sense, have this attitude, I've never had, a, I know, I will never have an opportunity like this again. And with this circumstance, with this situation, in this hour. Go with me real quick there, Jeremiah. Keep your finger in Philippians 4, we're going to come back here, we're not done here. We're in Jeremiah chapter 31. Verse 10, Jeremiah writes, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it at, in the isles afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob, and hath ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore they shall come, and seen in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. For wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock and the herd. Their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more at all. I want to read that last phrase again. And they shall sorrow no more at all. They shall be, then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young man and the old together. For I will turn their mourning to joy, will comfort them, and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I love that. I want to read that last part again. For I will turn their mourning to joy, will comfort them, and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord of voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children, because they are no more. That says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping, and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. Now I, I will repeat that again. For your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your Future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. There is hope in your future. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you maybe have gone through. I don't know how long you've been going through it. But I want to tell you, I want to echo these words that he, your, there's hope in your future. There's hope in Jesus. He's faithful. And I'm encouraging you to put your choose to rejoice. Be anxious of nothing, 
Let your prayer and supplication be known to him and be thankful for he will turn your mourning into joy. Choose to be faithful. Fix your hope on him because there's hope in your future if God, if he is your God and he is your Father. Jesus is your Savior and the Holy Spirit is your guide. We have an awesome salvation. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of joy. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He will turn your morning into joy. He will comfort you. And he will make us rejoice after sorrow. He also talks about uh, priesthoods. And here, um, let me find it again. Verse 14. I will saturate the soul of the priest with a blemish, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. How do we know that we are a kingdom of priests? John writes in, uh, from the words of Jesus in uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and we have been made kings and priests of all the earth. Peter talks about how we are a royal priesthood. We are priests, and he will saturate our souls with his goodness, with his abundance. Our labor in the Lord is never in vain. In vain. Thank God for his promises. Go with me real quick to, to Romans 15. We're going to head back to Philippians in just a minute. But we're going to go on a little uh, trail here. Romans 15, verse 13. And Paul writes, Now may the hope of, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to read that again. How now? And when's now? Now. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteous joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. And Paul was saying that he wants to be filled with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. We need to make a choice to rejoice, but we also need to keep our hope in Jesus. We need to be filled with joy and peace so that we can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to take this time, you know, again, I've, I've been mentioning three things this morning. We need to make a choice to rejoice. We need to keep our hope in Jesus. But third, the third thing I've been, I wanted to say, and this, I think this verse ties in all three things that I'm trying to, to communicate this morning, is that we need, we need to keep ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'll read this one more time. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. There's that joy. And peace. And believe, I'm going to come back with joy and peace again. A little bit later. And believing that you may abound in hope. There's the hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to walk in joy. We need the Holy Spirit to help us abound in hope. 
We need the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Yes, joy is joy we can draw from the wells of salvation, but we need the Holy Spirit to be in joy. We need the Holy Spirit to stay and abound in hope. We need to walk in the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness. We need the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without Him. We're not good enough. We can't master this. But He can. And He's in us. He's not there. The kingdom of God here or there. The kingdom of God is within us. And the kingdom of God that's within us is righteous joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. See, when we're going through a major problem, it is essential that we spend, I, I believe, a great portion of our time praying in the Holy Spirit. Go with me real quick to the book of Jude. Jude had one chapter. It's a, next to the last book of the Bible, just before the book of Revelation. Jude, chapter 1, verse 20. And it says, and Jude writes, but you, who's you? You. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, we've been talking about that, we talked about that a lot last week, praying in the Holy Spirit. We need to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is how we build ourselves up in the faith. It's how we keep our hope, of the, 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 the fan, we have, it's how we fan the flame of hope and faith in our lives. I'm going to uh, real quick go to Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28. Pick it up, verse 11. Paul actually refers to this in 1 Corinthians 14. But he says, But with stammering, and Isaiah says in Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12, But for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Andrew Womack had a good teaching on this, and I'm just echoing these verses right here, and which to me go, coincides with uh, what Jude says, we can build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. And here... Paul quotes from, in 1 Corinthians 14, 21, Paul quotes from here in Isaiah, where this, with speaking in tongues, and speaking in another tongues, we, there's a rest. There's a refreshing. And how many knows when we're, when we are anxious, when we are troubled, when we're going through a major issue, our problem, how many of you know that we need rest? And we need refreshing. And we need to be built up in our most holy faith. Jo joy is how we draw from the wells of salvation. But some of us, like, I understand that, Pastor. But how do I get joy? 
I know I have it. I know it's a fruit of the Spirit. But I, I, I can't seem to get my joy activated right now. Well, we need to spend some time praying to the Spirit. Because joy doesn't come from you. It comes from Him. And we need to build ourselves up. We need to rest. We need to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need to keep our focus on Him. But sometimes it's hard. Yes, we need to make a choice to rejoice, but sometimes it's hard. And, I, and so when we don't know what to do, when we don't know how to switch gears, we need to pray in the Holy Spirit. Am I making sense? We need to pray in the Spirit. We're a full gospel church. We are a Spirit-filled church. We didn't just receive the Holy Spirit just as a, a badge. We received the Holy Spirit so we can walk in the Spirit. And one of those attributes that we're, we're, we're focusing on is joy. And with joy we can draw from the wells of salvation. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but we need a jump start. We need to be refreshed. We need to be revived. <clears throat> we need to be built up in our most holy faith, and we don't do that carnally, we don't do that naturally, we do that by being in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, and being refreshed, and being rested, and built up in Him. <clears throat> Those who are weary and need rest really need to speak and pray in tongues. Sometimes, and I'll just throw this in there. Sometimes we have to force feed ourselves the Word of God. Have you ever been so depressed, so discouraged, you weren't even hungry? And yet you, you knew you needed to eat. And so you force yourself to eat. Sometimes, spiritually speaking, we're just so discouraged. Oh, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. But sometimes we get downcast. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying okay with that. I've gotten downcast. But sometimes we have to force ourselves to get into the Word of God. We have to force our flesh to spend time in the Spirit so that He can refresh us. So that He can get our focus back on Him. Am I making sense? We need to walk in the Spirit, not just visit once in a while. But sometimes we need to take a vacation from our problems and by being in the Spirit. When we are going through major problems. I believe it's essential that we flip the focus off the problem and on off the situation and we start seeing it in a different light. And many times, in order to even do that, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need to rejoice always. Yes, we need to keep our hope in Jesus. But we need the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to help us to jumpstart that and get back into the right gear. Go with me real quick to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16. Again, Paul is very just cut to the chase. He says, Rejoice sometimes! Rejoice on Fridays. Rejoice on payday. Rejoice always. 
Pray without ceasing. And in some things, give thanks. In your favorite things, give thanks. When it's going all well, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, in everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. This is the will, the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You're not doing this for him. You're doing this for you. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. We are to be joyful all the time. 100% of the time, we are to be thinking about God. We are to be glorifying God. We are to be magnifying God. We are to be thanking God. We are born, if we are born again, if we have the Spirit of we should be the happiest people on this planet. Real quick, I read this before, but Psalm 144. Verse 15. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. We should be some of the happiest people because God is our Lord. When we are praying to the Spirit, we are praying the perfect will of God. And I believe that when we're praying to the Spirit, and it's in those times that we can receive major revelations so that we can move forward in whatever the situation that we are in. You know, one of my favorite verses is becoming lately, I've been dwelling on this, that we had Paul prayed in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that we would, that we would, he prayed that we would get the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. When we, sometimes, you know, sometimes we're on a fork in the road, and sometimes we're going through major problems because we don't know what to do. We don't know what to turn. We don't know how to answer. We don't know how to respond. We don't know what to do. And sometimes we're, or our backs are against the wall and we don't know what to do. Pray in the Spirit. And I believe God will give you a word. He'll give you a revelation. He'll give you direction of what to do, how to respond. Sometimes how just to get your emotions in gear. Go with me real quick to Ephesians chapter 5. We're still heading back to Philippians. We'll get back there in a few moments. Ephesians 5. They're speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making <coughs> melody in your heart to the Lord. But I want to I want to read this from the King James. I like this because there's something I didn't notice before. And I know if it's on the screen here. So hopefully you have your Bible with you, but it says, speaking to yourselves in Psalms. How many of you speak to yourself? How many of you have a positive conversation all the time with yourself? 
How many of you complain to yourself? How many of you whine to yourself? How many of you beat yourself up? But Paul says, speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I like that. That, that, that. that ministered to me even this week. What are psalms? Psalms are songs that we sing to the Lord. Hymns are songs that we sing of His greatness. Spiritual songs are songs that we sing from the Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14 that I pray in the Spirit and I sing in the Spirit. We, not, we don't just need to pray in the Spirit. We need to, <coughs> we need to sing in the Spirit. Most of us have not practiced that. Let alone on a regular basis. We need to learn to sing in the Spirit. Making melody in our hearts to the Lord. This is important. We need to pray in the Spirit. We need, we need to pray with understanding. We need to pray, uh, sing in the Spirit, sing with understanding. We need to do both. <coughs> but we need to learn how to be built up and be refreshed by the Spirit. So that we can walk in the Spirit of joy, abounding in hope in the Holy Spirit. So we can draw from the wells of salvation. We're talking specifically today how to walk in joy. How do we walk in joy? Walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Well, one of the ways that I'm, I'm heading home on this, mor this morning is we need to spend time praying in the Spirit. We need to practice the presence of God. His joy is in His presence. In His presence there's fullness of joy. There's fullness of it. We need to get in His presence. James said that we don't have the church yet because we've done before. James, what is counting all joy? Are you counting it all joy or are you counting it all negative? Which one are you doing? I know there's been times, especially this week, I counted it all negative. I wasn't counting it joy. You know, it depends how you look at the circumstance. It depends how you look at the situation. And there's some situations there's nothing good about it. But God says, count it all joy in everything. Be thankful. I'm not, he doesn't say, be thankful for everything and everything. Be thankful. There's a difference. I'm not thankful for my problems, but I'm thankful for my God in spite of my problems. I'm thankful for his promises. I'm thankful for his word. I'm thankful for his spirit that I'm not just going to, uh, I'm not going to die by this thing. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by this thing. I'm going to be, I can do all things through Christ. I'm more than a conqueror in Him who loves me. You know, in this, in this passage, uh, Ephesians 5, where I just read, speaking to yourselves in Psalms, verse 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, where, where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be intoxicated. You know, for me, that doesn't even hit home because I've never taken a, uh, I've never drinking any bit of alcohol in my life. I'm not, you don't have to worry about me getting drunk on some, on some booze, on some wine, or some alcohol. It just, I, it's just not going to happen. I have no desire for any of those things. I'm not against those who drink, but I am against being drunk. But I, I just, that's not my, 
And that's right. Even if it was in scripture, I still wouldn't drink it. I don't have any desire for it. Um, but how many know we can be intoxicated in different ways? We can be, be intoxicated by our worry. We can be intoxicated by the cares of this world. I forget if it's James or Peter, but it says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your enemy is like a roaring lion seeking him made about. So, uh, in Proverbs chapter 1, it talks about not being intoxicated. I think it's chapter 1, but in, in Proverbs, you know, we need to be sober. We need to be sober minded. And so many times we are not sober minded. We are so intoxicated by worry and strife and every evil thing. But we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, this whole kind of, when you study this, this, this verse in, 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 in the Greek, it's not just being filled once, it's, especially this word filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you read it in the Greek, it means to be continually filled. We don't just get filled on Sunday. We don't just get filled on Mother's Day. We don't just get filled on Christmas and Easter. We get filled continually. By, comment, by practicing the presence of God. I made this comment a minute ago, but we are a full gospel church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We, with evidence of speaking in tongues, many full gospel believers get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they don't continue practicing the presence of God the rest of their lives. We need to practice the presence of God all the time. Especially when we're going through a major problem. <coughs> when we are going through a hard time, we need to practice the presence of God. I believe it's essential that when we're going through something major, we need to spend at least 30 minutes just praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Why? Why 30 minutes? Why that's what I, we need to, I don't want to just do it when I'm struggling. I want to create a habit. I want to create a lifestyle of praying in the Spirit. Not just when I need help. Not just when I need refreshing. I want to, and actually I want to get to the point where I don't need refreshing all the time because I'm continually being refreshed because I'm continually being in the presence. That makes sense. I'm continually, there's a feast, and I'm feasting all the time. Not being drunk with wine, but being drunk with the Spirit of God. Doing His will. Jesus said, that's my food, that's my bread, is doing the will of the Father. And, and Paul said, that our doing his will is to rejoice all the time, to, to pray without ceasing, and to be thankful in everything. This is the will of God for you. This is his will, that we continue to practicing the presence of God, being joyful and thankful all. Instead of dealing with negative stuff, we well, we, we need to a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Go back with me to Philippians chapter four. I told you we'd go back there. Philippians four verse eight says, "Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just." Whatsoever things are pure, <coughs> whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Are there untrue things out there? 
true. There are, but that's not our focus. Our focus is on what's true, not what's untrue. Are the things that, that are dishonest. True, there are. But that's not what our focus is. Our focus is on what is, is honest or what is noble. Are there many things that are unjust? Have we experienced injustice? True. Many of us have, and some horribly. But that's not our focus. Our focus is on what is just. Are there things that are impure? Very ungodly. Very, I can't even think of the word I want to use. There's some very nasty, ugly, horrible things going on in our world. But that's not our focus. Our focus is on what is pure. Are the things that are unlovely? Absolutely. There's a lot of unlovely things happening, even in the church. But that's not our focus. Our focus is what's lovely. Are the things that are of a bad report? Absolutely. Just turn on the news. Just open Facebook. Just get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> but that's not our focus. Our focus is on what is a good report. Our focus is on what is of virtue. Our focus is on those things that are praiseworthy. We have to make a choice. We have to choose to walk in hope, to walk in joy. The walk in the spirit. Focus on what's good. Focus on what's positive things. In your marriage. In your job. In your church. In our world. Do you want to build your marriage? Focus on positive things. Not the negative things. Not the injustice. All these other things. Do you want to enjoy or excel your job? I mean, even if you don't like your job, do you want to at least enjoy it while you're there? Or do you want to be miserable every day? Then focus where it's good. Maybe you can't find something. Well, you get a paycheck. You have a job. I know you might not find much joy in that, despite the things you might have to go through, but it, it's going to be much more joyful and help you endure it. If you can focus on what's good, and what's positive, what's true, what's lovely, versus on what everything you can make it. Do you want to help build your church? Then focus on what are the things that are positive. Is there a lot of negative? Yes. But that's not your focus. Even in the church, there is a lot of negative things we can focus on. Go with me real quick to Proverbs 14.4. I'm going here with based on my, what I just said. Even in the church, there are negative things we can focus on. Even in the family of God. Even in, the, in our families. But Proverbs, who was a wise man, said this. Where, the, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. In other words, where you have sheep, you're going to have manure. If you don't have oxen in the, in the stalls, you're going to have a clean stall. But if you have oxen, if you have people in your church, in your family, in your workplace, you're going to have manure. But, the, the, but, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. 
You can focus on the manure, or you can focus on, I have an ox. I have sheep. You can, I mean, now I'm not religious, a lot of us don't use oxen and sheep and, 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 and stuff to, but, but in, in those days, in that generation, in, in, in that culture, you didn't have an oxen, you didn't have a crop, you didn't have a crop, what are you going to eat? Yeah, you got manure, but you have an oxen. You have an ox. Yeah, there's a lot of manure in your workplace, but you have a job. Yeah, there's some issues in maybe your marriage or your family, but you have a family. And yeah, there might, there's, you're never going to find a perfect family. You're never going to find a <coughs> perfect uh, church or anybody, a person for that matter. From natural, from natural point of view, but we are perfect in Christ, and and, and we can focus on the negative because we will all make mistakes. We will all hurt one another, not hopefully intentionally, and I'm not even even if it was, I'm not I'm not I'm not giving glory to any of that. I'm not putting down anyone, any family, any job, any church. I'm talking about our minds. I'm talking about our focus. We need to think on what is good. And what is true, what is lovely, what is just, and what is pure. You know, it's like a racehorse. A racehorse to put blinders so they can only look ahead. We sometimes need to have these spiritual blinders where we only look at Jesus. We only see what He has called us to do. We only see everything through His lens. Looking at our situation, our problems, our workplace, our family, our church, through the perspective that He wants us to look at it, so that we can do what God has called us to do and be who God has called us to be, and we can run this race of faith with joy, drawing for the wells for salvation. Don't get a bunch involved with a bunch of stuff that means nothing. Don't be racing the race and get caught up with someone who's saying something in the crowd that will affect you in a negative way, getting you off the course, getting you off the race. If you get off the racetrack to fight someone in the crowd, you're, you're losing your focus on what God has called you to do and God has called you to go. Run the race looking forward. And a good athlete will tell you that if if you're not focused on the head, if you're not focused, instead of being focused on your opponent or focused on any other distraction, every time you get off focus, you will lose at least a half a step. We have to keep focus on the prize. Fix your eyes on God. Fix your eyes on the hope that you have in Jesus. Choose to rejoice and walk in the Holy Spirit. Keep your eyes stayed on Him. Count it in all joy. Depends on your focus. If you can look at the situation with a positive attitude instead of a negative attitude. Based on Philippians, you know, let's go back real quick to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I'm going to go to the end of it. To the very last phrase, it says, Think 
on these things. Think on these things. There are plenty of things we can think about, but we ought to be thinking on these things. I want to say that again. There are many things we can think about, but we need to think about these things. You, you choose your thoughts. You choose your focus. You must find something you can rejoice about. And when you need to guard your heart and your mind saying, I will be a thankful person. I will be a joyful person. I will be a happy person. That needs to be our attitude. But I'm talking about this morning, how we do this. We make a choice. We, he's our hope. We keep our focus on Him. And we walk in the Spirit. I'm going to go backwards real quick. Verse 7. We kind of overskipped that one. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As you ask Him, thank Him. I'm going to... Let me, let me read verse, verse 6 and 7 together again. Be careful for nothing, <clears throat> by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. There's so much in these two, two verses right here. But as, again, as you ask Him, thank Him. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, uh, I'm going to go there somewhere in just a second. Let me, let me make this statement first. We talked about this several weeks ago, actually, when we were talking about peace of, uh, in our last teaching series. Jesus said in John 14, 27, I have bequeathed you with my peace. He gave us peace, not as the world gives, but as he gives. But I don't know if you notice this, but when we read this passage and many other passages we've read in these last two teaching series, peace and joy are like twins. They go hand in hand. You don't have to turn to it, but it says in Psalm 85, verse 10, that righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. There's intimacy. They're twins. They're close. They're so close together. And the kingdom of God, we've read this many times, is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. You can have peace and joy. You can have peace and joy that the world does not understand, that the world cannot give you. The world can't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. You can have peace, and you can have joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to spend time in the Holy Spirit. We need to spend time in the knowledge of Him. We need to focus on Him and His kingdom and His righteousness. We need to focus our minds on Him. And we can keep our minds on Him. He will keep us in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on Him because He trusts in Him. Stay focused on God. Fix your mind on Him. Keep, he is your hope. He is your joy. He is your life. Yes, sin has affected this world. Yes, sin has affected church. Sin has affected this world. Yes, there's a lot of evil out there. Yes, there's a lot of horrible things out there. But we don't have to be affected by it. If we're going to operate in joy 100% of the time, 
we have to choose what we're going to focus on. I'm not focused, I don't like a lot of stuff going on in this world. I don't agree with a lot of stuff going on in this world. Some of it makes me very angry. Some of me angry is anger is not even the right word. There's a lot of filth and there's a lot of negative stuff going on in even the church at times. In some churches and some circles. I don't like it. But I have to choose. I'm not going to focus on what is untrue. I'm not going to focus what's not pure. I'm not going to focus on these ugly things. I'm going to focus on Jesus, my hope. I'm going to focus on Him. I'm going to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. <clears throat> I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And I'm going to be refreshed. I'm going to build myself up in my most holy faith. I have to make that choice. I, God, no one can make it for me. The offer is there. Jesus said, God said in Deuteronomy, I think it's 28, choose life. Choose. Who this day, who you... We have a choice. We have a choice to focus on Him. We have a choice to join. We have a choice to walk in the Spirit. We have a choice to spend time with, in the Word of God. We have a choice who we're going to listen to. We have a choice what we're going to think on. We have a choice to rejoice in Him always. Pray without ceasing. And to be thankful in everything. We have help to do it. Even though it's our choice... He didn't leave us as orphans. He didn't leave us to do it on our own. It's our choice. But he said, if we choose it, I'll help you. I'll do it. But we have a choice. And when we walk in joy, we can draw from the wells of salvation. Am I making any sense with any of this message? I'm basically wrapping up. I'm out of notes. I'm out of thoughts. I'm being repetitive, but we have a choice. I need to make that choice. And we have to make that choice daily. It's not automatic. We have to make a choice. We have to keep our focus. We have to choose what we're going to think about. And we have to spend. But you know what? That choice becomes easier and easier to make. That choice becomes more almost automatic when we're walking in the Spirit. When we have a relationship with God. And we're, uh, we're, we're praying in the Spirit. I encourage you. I need to do this more. I need to pray in the Spirit more. I'll be honest with you. But if we do it, we're going to see the results. We're going to see, our walk is going to be different. There's going to be, uh, people will notice. People will notice. And uh, I don't want to just call myself a spiritual Christian and get in there, but I really, that's not what I'm even doing. I, I want to live like a spiritual Christian. If you are, if you are, Spending time in the Spirit, you there will be love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, goodness. All these things will, will the fruit will be there, and there will be. As we talked a few weeks ago, there will be much fruit, much fruit. And Jesus said, "I say these things so your joy may be complete, and that my joy may be in you." He said these things so that we can walk in joy. Life is a lot easier. It's a lot funner. I know that's not the right word, but we use it all the time. It's a lot funner when we're walking in joy versus being negative. It's a lot, it's a lot joyful versus focusing on all the filth of this world and just focus on God. I know sometimes we have to deal with things in the world because we work and we live in the world. That's and and I'm just gonna tie this back to Philippians. Let your gentleness, let your goodness be evident to all. 
We're not telling them how to act. We're acting the way we are because we're different. Let your goodness, let your gentleness be evident at all. Let your moderation be evident at all. Yes, we live in, in, a, in a nasty world. But we're not others' world. We're of Christ. Let your gentleness be evident at all. Despite what they do to you. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Lord, uh, uh, help us to walk in the spirit of joy. Help us. We're different. We live in a very negative world. Help us to be different. Help us to walk in peace. Help us to walk in joy. Help us to walk in, in gentleness. We talked about that this morning. Lord, I just thank you for all of our moms. I speak your blessing on them. I thank you for all their, their kids. And I just speak your blessing on their, everything that they, they do, everything they touch, everything they pray. And we speak blessing on it in the name of Jesus. We honor them in honoring you. And we honor them. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. I know there's a lot of lot of hype today about uh, doctors and nurses being heroes, and I, I give thanks for them. But really, my my opinion, moms are heroes. Moms are, are heroes. So praise God for them. In Jesus' name, we give you we give you thanks. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Mother's Day. We'll see you next week.